Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Logistics Executive TV 2024 and to uh, a new series uh, of news and views with a colleague of mine, compatriot from New Zealand, uh, actually, James Hamilton. James, thank you so much for joining me. Kim, it's great to be here. James, you have had about 30 years uh, background in the logistics, uh, heavy influence of aviation and other parts of the supply chain um, over the years. You're based up here mm -hmm. currently, uh, been up here for a number of years in Dubai, yep. but uh, travel extensively, mm -hmm. uh, as, as do we both. Um, and I'm going to be working with you uh, to get your comments and mm. opinions and feedback on various things that we're seeing coming up on a weekly, monthly basis that we think might be worth sharing, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I think what I what I see where we can go is to drill down on these articles that we hear every week uh, and just really realise what that actually means to the average person, to the average company of what's going on. Yeah. Supply chain comes back to everybody. Sure thing. And uh, I think we're seeing some pretty interesting activities going on here in the Gulf at the moment, um, or down a bit further towards the Horn of Africa. Mm -hmm. Of course, pretty much anybody in the logistics and supply chain community is very well aware of what's happening with the Red Sea yep. situation, uh, the challenges of uh, ships, ocean carriers getting through the Suez Canal. Mm. Um, and being a Kiwi, uh, you know, We've seen in the news that there's a small contingent of New Zealanders yeah. have been contributing to the protection of trade mm -hmm. uh, up, the, up in this region. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so the New Zealand Defence Force are going to send six personnel uh, to be based in the Middle East to be looking at this to, to see how they can sort it out, working with the coalition, the other coalition countries that are involved. Okay. Now, um, from to there seems to be pushback amongst some parts of New Zealand going, why are we sending these people up? Why are they getting involved? Now, when you dig deep, you realize how important the Suez Canal is for New Zealand trade. We do approximately $4.5 billion of exports a year up to the EU. Uh, and of course, the majority of that will be going through the Suez Canal. It's crucial for us for that to make it happen. So we need to be part of what's going on. Also, on the other hand, it's the return trade as well. Yeah. So the average person who may not think that this is anything to do with them and so far apart could could find this come Christmas time when their uh, washing machine or, or something like that doesn't arrive on time. Yeah, sure. And I, and I suppose look, for folks who don't know, there's only four million of us, uh, about probably about a million or maybe a million offshore and four mm. million still in New Zealand, so yep. five million in total. Yep. Um, and we, interestingly, we have one of the world's biggest um, elements of the uh, the dairy industry yeah. in particular mm. right and yeah. so the, the the biggest company in new zealand yeah. is fonterra fonterra is the largest company in new zealand yeah. uh dairy dairy exports around the world yeah. um reefer or chilled material coming out of normally port chalmers and dunedin is some of the most reefer in the world so okay. yes it's a huge amount for us sure and so Fonterra is, as you say, the biggest company. So it's the mm. biggest company on the little old New Zealand stock yep. exchange. Yeah. Um, now, Fonterra are a large, I don't think they're the world's largest dairy exporter as such, in probably the top three to mm. five. But I think Fonterra is the world's biggest trading 
um, dairy trading organisation. Is, yeah. that, is that right? Well, I mean, they're obviously a co-op of, of farmers from New Zealand Right, work together. So every farmer who is doing mm. dairy produce is a member of that co-op Correct. in New Zealand. Correct. And there is there is several co-ops within New Zealand, yep. uh, Fonterra's being the biggest. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a major part of what New Zealand does because the agricultural industry, going back to 100, 150 years ago, when the first chilled uh, refrigeration ship left Port Chalmers of meat going to the UK, yep. um, it all started then. Okay. So it's been a big part of what we're doing. We're so far away, Kim, from the rest of the world. Yeah. Everything needs to travel to get to these places. Okay, sure. Australia as well, food basket country yep. to the rest of the world. Yep. Exports by far outstrip uh, imports, yep. I think. But yeah, so, you know, obviously we've got this, this challenge. Um, again, you know, a small contribution yep. of six or eight People come out. I think the Australians are doing the same. Yeah, they're sending, involved. They're sending eleven personnel up. Okay. Um, and they're obviously a little bit bigger than us. They're they're twenty billion a year of export exports going to the EU. Uh, interesting. I did a bit of statistics on it. Forty um, percent of that going up there is minerals, and a large okay. part of it is gold going to the UK. Right. I didn't know that. Okay. You've got some other numbers there I see knocked yeah. out there on meat and, and one thing. Yeah, so uh, for New Zealand exports, you know, well, obviously we've talked about dairy, but uh, meat is a big part of what yeah. we do. Uh, fruit, uh, traditional kiwi fruit and other fruits are a big part of what we do. Um, and fish, uh, fish and uh, seafood products as okay. well. So it's mainly agriculture, but crucial that we get them on those ships. Okay. Because, okay, the majority of 99% of supply chain is on ocean freight. Sure. You know, I'm an air freight guy. I love air freight, but we still are only 1% of, of the population, of the percentage of the world. Absolutely. So when the ships aren't moving, which is what we're seeing in the Red Sea, it's a huge effect. Yeah. And adding on what we're seeing now is having to go around Africa, that adds another 10, 15 days yeah. to, to supply chain. Uh, already that's affecting some of the markets in Asia. Air freight's winning out from that. Um, freight from air freight from Vietnam through to Europe has gone up sixty percent this month already. Yeah. So they're realizing that there's going to be a massive bottleneck going on there. So just going back to what my initial statement was, when somebody said, "Why are we sending personnel up? What's this got to do with us? We're so far away." It has a huge effect yeah. on everybody. Right. And you know, I'm sure. We all would like to see uh, this issue in the Red Sea resolved peacefully as quick as possible. There's other reasons, which we're not going to go into here today, that this is all supposedly happening. Um, so we just we just really hope that that's resolved. There has been there has been some green shoots in the last week or so where numbers have gone up slightly mm -hmm. from obviously the start of January. There was the, there was the November, December was the drop-off. It is increasing slightly. Whether or not that's got an effect of what's been going on um, down in Yemen to to minimise that, I'm not sure. But there is a there is a little bit of a you talk about volume or volume rates? of volume of movements through the sewers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But very small. But we're going the right direction. Yeah. Well, inshallah, that's yeah. uh, we get all that resolved. Yeah. Um, look, another an item I just noticed on the wires mm. the other day was. Um, 
not related to this at all, but mm. I wanted to get your input on it mm. because I know you're an avid uh, EV guy yep. and uh, very much into uh, into electrics and ecosystem mm-hmm. up here. Um, there's a news item the other day about uh, EV scooters mm. and companies that have heavily invested in that. Now, you and I travel extensively. Mm. I'm sure you use electric scooters around the world as much as I do, brilliant form of transport. Mm. Um, There seems to be a a glut of organisations, companies, EV scooter companies that are going through the floor, that are going bankrupt at the moment. Now, I think you've seen the same article. What can you share with us about why that is? I mean, there was one particular company who's only only a couple of months ago raised about $125 million as a B or C round of uh, funding, mm. and they've just gone bankrupt. Yeah. What's what's causing that? Well, like you, I was I was shocked when I, when I read that because it just didn't make sense. You know, I, I predicted that it just makes so much sense in that more scooters, less traffic, et cetera, et cetera. We love them. But what's actually happening is the cities are pushing back. The cities don't like them. The city ecosystems and the streets are not made for them. So what you're getting is you're getting more accidents, you're getting more people on scooters, also on pavements. You've got, uh, I don't know if you've seen it recently, but just people love to just drop their scooter when they get it's off. It's one of the big things, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is just people leaving them laying yeah. around the place. So, so countries are pushing back. The French already have, if not outlawed them altogether, cities have said we don't want them. So that's a big part of it. Okay. Paris by far probably last year my favorite place where mm. I was using one just to get around because yeah. the, the traffic was was so tough yeah um, okay good well look great great to get your feedback on that um, folks what we want to invite you to do is if you've got any comments feedback um, any questions that you've got uh, about issues that are coming up in the news or just general industry factors, 70 years experience between the two of us. Um, we're more than happy to try and address those with Q&A as we start off every every week or two when we're running the series. Um, more than happy to respond back to anything that you've got questions on, if we can share with the community. And uh, we look forward to engaging with you regularly on this series. Uh, James, thanks again for coming in. Um, I know you've had a busy day today, mm-hmm. uh, but appreciate you dropping into our offices here to do this. And we look forward to uh, catching up with you in the next week or two. Yeah, let's uh, let's push the envelope, Kim. Let's yeah. let's look at some subjects. We we'll want to hear from everybody. What else is out there? What's, what what are you concerned about? What questions have? And also, the other great part is that between Kim and I, with our seventy years of experience, which I've noticed you've said three years, three times already, which is great. <laughs> um, we, you know, we can go to our network, we can reach out to our network and ask those questions that people may not know what the answers are. If we don't know, somebody else will know that we know. So yeah. uh, looking forward to it. The other thing that we're going to do is to invite uh, guests to join us from time to time as well. So uh, if you've got any ideas on anybody that you'd like to see on the series with us, uh, let us know. We'll be always uh, keen to reach out to people to bring them on. So, James, thanks very much again. Um, have a great day. Thanks, Kim. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on Logistics Executive TV.